Welcome to the Bible Conversation Podcast with Chris, Dan, and Dylan. Let's have a conversation. All right, welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. We're excited to bring y'all more content this Friday morning. Um, we've got a, a special guest with us this morning, uh, very special to me, because um, I'm actually related to him. So, uh, of course, we've got uh, Dan Lang and Chris Carrillo with us as always. Y'all want to say hi? Hello. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Um. So yeah, we're we're ready to get going. But um. But first, I got to introduce um our special guest, and that's actually my dad, um Myron Bruce. He he raised me for all the years that I was a kid. Um, and he's going to be with us as a guest on the podcast today. So, Dad, do you want to say hi to everyone? Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you all. Um, uh, my dad uh, was a, a minister in the church for many years um, uh, down in Richardson, Texas. Dad, do you want to just kind of tell us about your background, um, your experiences as a minister, um, um, a little bit about about yourself? Sure. Um, I actually uh, began looking uh, in ministry back in the college days, back in the 80s. <clears throat> and um, uh, got more sidetracked with education. So I, I take, took a little uh, diversion from ministry. It, of course, I think you're always in the ministry. I really believe in the Lord's church. We're always in the ministry. It's just uh, some, some are blessed to be able to actually um, let this be our career. Uh, but uh, I was in education and did that for about 15 years until uh, Waterview Church of Christ in 2003, as Dylan mentioned, um, reached out and brought me in as a full-time on, on ministry. And my position with Waterview uh, through those years, uh, about 13 years, was um, uh, involvement, uh, college, uh, uh, small groups, um, young families, and, and uh, the worship, leading the worship and song service. And so that's kind of uh, the background uh, that I've got with that. Of course, if you rolled it back a little bit further, I was leading singing <clears throat> even as a kid <laughs> when we'd have our family devotionals. My my brothers made a little podium that uh, we actually stood behind when we had our family worship or our family devotionals. And we didn't call them devotionals in those days. They were uh, small worship services. And, and one would, would read the scripture and uh, one would uh, uh, do a little bit of a, a Bible study or reading the Bible. And I was uh, the one uh, tapped to lead the singing. And so I stood behind that little podium. And actually, Dylan, you may remember, we built a podium uh, for our, our family time that way as well. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that little homemade podium that we had when, when we were growing up. So That's the same idea. Just roll it back into the 70s, <laughs> 60s and 70s. Uh, that's kind of my background as far as uh, uh, leading uh, in, in the ministry and, and uh, leading singing in the Lord's Church. Awesome, and uh, and now you're um, you're the pulpit minister at um, Southwest Church Christ in Oklahoma City. So uh, just just spanking brand spanking new at that. Very blessed to be able to work with this congregation. So, mm -hmm. well, um, the the reason that we've asked you on to to be a guest with us today is um, is kind of like what you're saying with your your past experience. Your um, your expertise is in uh, leading the Lord's church in worship and um, and guiding everyone through song um, to worship God. 
And uh, we actually had a question that was uh, sent to us on Facebook. So just a, a little reminder and a little plug to everyone that's listening. If you've got a, a topic that you want us to talk about, if you've got um, any, any question that you, wanna, you want us to talk about, send us a message. You can send us an email or a message. We'll give all that information at the end of the podcast. Um, but we had a request to talk about um, two scriptures that really address um, the singing in our worship. Um, and that's Colossians 3.16 and Ephesians 5.19. And so um, we've got some questions that we want to talk about um, with you about that today, Dad. Um, but before we do that, Chris, Dan, do you all have any follow-up questions um, for my dad before we really dig into the study? You know, I, I think I'm okay. I, um, I've met you a couple times, and, and every time you're just, you know, pleasure to be around, and it's um, – just always good to see you and know that, uh, you know, I mean, I, I work side by side with, with Dylan, as, as you know, and uh, we, we share an office around, just separated by bookshelves. And, you know, as I hear you speak today and every time I, I see, I see you and him, you know, I see, I see some of the attributes that I see in you. I, I see those coming forth in, in Dylan. And, uh, you know, I think that's how it should be. You know, we, we strive I appreciate to be, that, Chris. Yeah, well, you're welcome. You know, we, we strive to be like our heavenly father, become more Amen. like him. And I think the example that, that you guys have said as father and son is, uh, is very admirable. So just want to, you know, I'm glad to have you on today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yep. Likewise, Myron, just looking forward to getting this study with you. Thank you guys. It's one thing that I think is important, um, and I'd say this in ministry, uh, but certainly within song leading, because one of the things we need to remember, and Dylan, I know you haven't hit the question yet, but one of the things that I think we need to keep in mind in the ministry is we don't do this for ourselves. Uh, we don't do it for a paycheck. Uh, those are just perks. Those are just things that, that we're blessed with. We do this first and foremost for our God. Uh, we, we strive to be able to, to honor him and, and uh, uh, and bring uh, his people closer to an understanding of the worship uh, that we that we all are involved with, but also we do it so that we can edify and we can encourage our brothers and sisters in their walk. And that's one of the things that I would encourage anyone that's hearing this, anyone that's uh, uh, that's blessed to be able to uh, to to lead in, in in worship services, whether you're at the podium, uh, speaking and preaching, or leading singing, or or overseeing the Lord's Supper, or praying, whatever you might be doing, your objective should be first and foremost to glorify God, and secondly, to admonish and uh, edify uh, the congregation. Uh, so if you put that as your forefront, then everything else will start to, to, to hopefully uh, come together for you that way. Well, that, uh, that what you're saying there, Dad, kind of leads us into the first question. So um, I actually want to go ahead and read for us the, the scriptures that we've been asked to talk about. The first one is Colossians 3.16. So if you've got your Bibles open up there with me, but um, it says in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and, and, and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So the first question that we have for you, um, as you're talking about, um, first and foremost, we got to glorify God. Our, our, our purpose in worship is, is to glorify God. Secondly, we need to admonish one another. So with that in mind, can you give us just a, a little bit of, um, of understanding into what Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs are, <clears throat> you know, 
a lot of times we hear those and, and we just all think, Oh, they're just songs. You know, all three of those words mean, mean the same thing, but, um, but can, can you help us to understand really what each of those are and, and how they're each individually different than one another? Absolutely. Um, I love this passage. And of course it, uh, uh, it's the, it's part of the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, but it mirrors so closely the letter that he wrote to the, to the church in Ephesus. And, and you referenced that already, Ephesians 5.19. The, the wording is so parallel. Um, it's important to catch uh, the uh, context of this. In Colossians, as he's writing in chapter 3, uh, he's talking about putting on the new self. And now, uh, since we've been chosen of God, holy and beloved, we have to put on the heart of compassion and the kindness and humility and, and jealousy. And he actually pulls out some of the, the fruit of the Spirit that way. Uh, but he says... Um, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, so which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. And he says, as he's talking about putting on himself, let the word of Christ, as you read, uh, dwell richly dwell within you. And then he lists out psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The question has, has been, I think, for years, okay, is Paul talking about uh, three different ways of singing, or is he saying the same thing three different times, like, saying, uh, like a parent saying to their child, um, uh, take out the trash. Have you taken out the trash yet? You need to make sure you take out the trash. See, that's the same uh, thing, but it's, but it's just in three different ways. I think what Paul is saying is not that. He's not saying sing psalms, sing hymns. He's saying, I want you to sing psalms. I want you to sing hymns. And I want you to sing spiritual songs. He's actually giving us three, in my opinion, and some other people I have read uh, is, is where I'm, I'm drawing this. Uh, he's giving us three ways in which we can sing. Now, before we go much further, you need to remember what Paul said of the church in Corinth. As he wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 14, verse 15, he says, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with understanding. In the same breath, Paul says, I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with understanding. What that word in some translations say, I'll sing with the mind. What he is in essence is saying is you need to be thinking about what you're doing when you pray. And you know that. I mean, how, how many times do we start praying and our mind starts to wander? And, and, and next thing you know, we've, we've lost track of what we're doing. Paul says, pray with the mind, pray with understanding and sing with the, with the mind, sing with understanding. We must do it with spirit. We understand that. That's, how, that's why we do what we do. But we have to think about what we're doing. And if we don't do that, then we're really missing a critical component of our worship. Uh, so if I sing with understanding, if I sing with the mind, I need to realize that the psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs are not just three ways of saying the same thing. These are three different ways that we can sing. And I want to real quickly demonstrate it to you. If I were to sing a psalm, here's a really simple way to, to ear tag it. A psalm would be, oh, let's see. We've got, a, we've got the book of Psalms, don't we? We've got scripture. Uh, so when I sing a psalm, I, I'm actually singing scripture. And the, the best example of that is the 23rd Psalm. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. We're actually singing scripture. Or how about uh, uh, Luke chapter 1? If you know the song Magnificat, my soul magnifies the Lord. That's Mary actually singing scripture which is actually uh what uh, uh, john uh uh or what's uh um samuel's um 
Solomon, I'm sorry, I'll get the right, I'll get the right character here. <laughs> what she uh, said when she came to know that she was uh, going to have a baby. Uh, the 148th Psalm is exactly um, straight from Scripture. And we sing that when we sing, praise the Lord, ye hands up. No, that's not the one. Um, uh, the 124th Psalm is actually, um, uh, uh, hallelujah, praise Jehovah. That's it. It comes straight from the text. So when we sing a psalm, we're actually singing text or lamentations. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. We're actually singing scripture. Why does that matter? Because if we don't understand what we're singing, we'll never understand what we're called to do. If I, if I sing something by road, which a lot of times we do, but I don't know where it's coming from, I'm not singing with understanding. Uh, so that's kind of the Psalms, the hymns, uh, in my opinion, and I don't mean to monologue. I don't mean to carry on. So you guys hop in if you want to shut me down and ask a question or get clarification. I was just going to ask Myron, could, could Psalm also mean something that is um, just merely set to music? So in a other psalm? words, yeah, yeah, that Abs we're going to, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it, it could be just the, the, the musical uh, piece of it, but we'll get into that more when we talk about, um, about our singing and, and how uh, when, he's, when we read here from uh, Paul and he says, uh, singing with thankfulness in your hearts or uh, singing and make a melody with your hearts, that's part of mm -hmm. that. Uh, yeah. it, it has to go beyond just the music. It has to be coming from within. So, right. Yeah, absolutely. So that would be Psalms. Hymns, and this is the way that I ear tag this. And again, this is what others I have read from. When you sing a song, uh, uh, when you sing this song, um, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who are you singing to? We're singing to God. Absolutely. When you sing the song, Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you, and step by step you lead me, who are you singing to? Mm -hmm. You're singing to God. Nearer my God to thee. That's a song that is directly to him. I need thee every hour. <clears throat> my faith looks up to thee. Those are all songs. Daniel, am I encouraging you when I sing those? Hopefully so. But I'm not saying, uh, Daniel, my faith looks up to you. I, I don't say, Corey, uh, uh, and step by step, I will follow you. I'm singing to my God and I'm saying, you are the one that I glorify. You are the one that's holy. And that would be, and this is my, my terminology for it. That would be a song I sing to him, a hymn, a song. When I sing to my God, I would classify as a hymn. Now, could it be a Psalm? Could it be scripture? Absolutely. It could, it could overflow that way. So there's some gray with that. And then a spiritual song would be a song that is more or less a song that we sing horizontally. Uh, and you know what those are. Soldiers of Christ, arise and put your armor on. I'm singing, Chris, to you to say, stand up and serve. Let's, let's do this together. Or um, uh, let the lower lights be burning. Brightly beams our Father's mercies. We should do this. Or throw out the lifeline across the dark waves. So when we sing songs that we're encouraging and admonishing one another back and forth, and it's directly to each other, I would consider those to be psalms. I mean, I'm sorry, spiritual songs. Could they be psalms or, or psalms? Absolutely. But they're mostly songs that go back, uh, back and forth across there. That's a nutshell way of how I look at psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I, so, uh, so that I can sing with understanding. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. That, uh, that really kind of helps me, you know, as I've, gone through this, you know, I, I was 
for those of you that have listened to my, my story, my conversion story, you, you know that I've really only been a Christian about seven years now. And um, while that's a decent amount of time, you know, I haven't spent my whole life in the church. I haven't grown up and it was only in my 20s that I started to, to learn about this. And so I'm learning daily. And, you know, your, um, your mnemonic device there of hymns, singing hymns to him. Uh, I, I like that. That's, that's very helpful. And understanding what spiritual songs, you know, the purpose of all those is that's, that's really awesome to me. I, I learned a couple years back that, you know, there's, there's songs that you sing to God. There's songs that you sing to your brethren next to you. There's, there's different types of songs that you can sing. And Absolutely. seeing that, seeing that played out within the scripture itself uh, is, is, is helpful. So, and I think Chris, what we do when we start to have that understanding, it helps us to fulfill what Paul said in first Corinthians 14, 15, I will sing with the spirit and I'll sing with understanding. So what I encourage my brothers and sisters to do as I, as I work uh, the sing with the spirit workshop, I try to encourage them to, as you're singing on Sunday morning, you need to actually think, am I singing to God now? Or am I singing a, um, Am I singing to my brothers and sisters? We know that, but sometimes we don't think about it. And we just, by routine, go through the motions. We sing a song. Okay, what's next? Oh, a prayer? Okay, bow my head. What's next? Oh, a scripture reading? Okay, bow my head. Or open the Bible. Uh, another song? Okay, I'll sing that. Oh, I know this one. This is an easy one. And we do things by rote rather than by praise. And I think that's where we got to really turn the, turn the corner on this. That's a really good point, Dad. I mean, how many of us can think back to this past Sunday? How many songs do we sing to God? And how many songs do we sing to one another? Um, unless you're uh, singing with, with understanding, understanding what you're, what you're saying and, and being um, very, um, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Very direct and, and trying yeah. to do it on purpose then it's just going to be by rote, like you're saying. Well, and, and hopefully as we're, as we're sitting there on Sunday morning, because we understand there's, there's different genres. Uh, this is a song I sing for the Lord's Supper, and I get my mind prepared for that. Uh, but, but is that song a song I'm actually singing to admonish my brothers and sisters with that? Or am I laying this song before God's throne? And this is for his glory. Um, if we don't think about it, we miss the point. And, and I think that's where we may be, uh, offering a sacrifice, and that's a whole new story. We could another uh, branch we could follow, um, but we offer sacrifices that may not be acceptable to God if we don't think about what we're actually saying. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a question too, Myron. Um, you know, we delineate between these 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 right now. You know, in our discussion, talking about singing to God and singing to one another, and I think that can be helpful where you know, our songs need to have some variation, you know, in the, in the worship. Um, I was wondering though, uh, because when Paul talks here in verse 16, you know, it's all kind of lumped together. And so I, I do want, maybe you've thought about this. Um, you know, is it, is it possible that as we're, even though, even as we're edifying one another, uh, something Paul really emphasizes, right, in First Corinthians um, eleven through that, you know, that whole section there. Right. That I, I think, which is basically um, that first day of the week assembly. Right. There's such an emphasis on edifying one another, but yet we come together to worship God. So, uh, do you think it's kind of? I don't know how to phrase this question right, but um, you know, are we necessarily 
stepping out of worship when we're edifying one another or as we're edifying one another, we are bringing glory. We are worshiping God. Absolutely. Daniel, I think it's the latter. I think when we, when we set together as a collective body and we're singing songs of praise and I'm saying to you and we're singing together and I say, will your anchor hold in the storms of life? When the clouds unfold, their wings are strive. When the strong tides lift and the cable strain, Daniel, will your anchor drift or you remain firm? And then together our voices say, we have an anchor. And I think when we do that, God is saying, that's my kids and they're, and they're, they're going to stay with me. I think absolutely we're, we're uh, giving glory to our God and worship him when we, but we have to do it. We have to do it with understanding. We right, can't just right. go through the motions. I think a really cool point is on the flip side of that, dad, as, um, as we're singing praises to God, um, and, and another, just as we're admonishing one another, God is glorified by that. And and God is praised by that. When we praise God together, we're admonishing one another. I I think it, it goes both ways, no matter, um, who we're singing to our brothers and sisters or to God, um, everybody benefits, you know, (laughs) I I agree. And I think it's important because one of the things that makes uh, all this so uh, difficult is, you know, you, you men know this and those who are listening, you know, this, it's not a secret. There are some of our brothers and sisters that could not carry a tune if it had handles on it. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not pointing any fingers to anybody. Um, And and there's times when, when a a song leader gets up and he butchers the song, he pitched it too low, he pitched it too high. And the congregation goes, Oh brother. Or it it just, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't accomplish what we want for. You remember the context of Colossians three, Paul said in verse uh, 13, before we even get to verse 16, he says, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other. Whoever has complaint against another, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. You see, we've got to be careful because we have a society right now, gentlemen, that is so determined to rank this is the best. This is not the best. He's good. She's not good. And if we are not careful, we're going to get that same thing flowing into the church. And there's no place, there's no place um, for that bipartisanship when it comes into the worship of God. So if somebody's not singing good, you glorify God that they're at least opening their voices and singing. You so don't that, know their uh, hearts. Yeah. So that actually brings a, a question that I've been trying to figure out how to ask. And you've you opened it up for me beautifully. So thank you. Um, you bet. So there are, so that's one side of it, right? We've got people who, uh, you know, don't sing well. That is me. I will open my voice and I will praise God, but it sounds like a horse dying. It's just not pretty. But then on the other token, on the other hand, on the other side, you've got some people who don't want to sing because they don't sound good. And as we've been talking about this, we've been talking about singing, right? It, it's not, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. If you feel comfortable singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, it doesn't say that. Not at all. It says to sing. And everywhere that we read about it, it says you must sing. And we understand, you know, the four of us specifically and our listeners hopefully will understand that singing is an absolute requirement. It is a commandment from God. So what do we say to those who are not wanting to sing 
because they might sound like Chris Carrillo. Right? What do we say to people who don't want to sing because it just doesn't sound quote unquote pretty? Yeah. I, I think part of it, uh, Chris is um, uh, there. Uh, God gave everyone different talents. There are some guys that uh, uh, can, can uh, go out and uh, uh, work on a, on a truck and if you put a wrench in my hand, I, I might destroy the vehicle. So there, there's different people have different talents uh, and you have to realize that. But that doesn't mean when it comes to worship to God that I say, well, no, I don't have that talent. I'm off because as you so, so clearly specified, it never qualifies how we sing. He, he doesn't sing. He does not say, uh, I want you to sing in four part harmony. He doesn't say, I want you to sing if you've got a good voice. He doesn't say, I want you to sing beautifully. He just says, sing. And we qualify whether it's good or bad. We qualify whether it's in harmony or not in harmony. There's something about the harmony, I'll say that, that is nice because we hear that, that blend, and that is something that only God's creation can do. I mean, birds sing, but you put a bunch of them together in a tree and it makes a racket. It, it literally makes a racket. Uh, whales will sing in the ocean, but we have no, there's no interpreter. We have no idea what they're doing. Are they calling for, for a mate? Are they calling uh, because they're in pain? Are they hungry? We have no idea. But when we, what we have is we can blend voices together and we can form chords. We can form harmony, which is exactly what God calls for his people to have is harmony, if you will, working together. Uh, but we, we have to be careful that we don't um, look down on those that cannot do it. Now, here's what we need to do, in my opinion. If you're listening to this and you're and you understand the value of singing, I need you to, to really, really push this. We must sing more. We've got to do more than just eight songs on Sunday morning and four or five songs on Sunday night and one or two songs on Wednesday night. That is not enough. We need to be spending some time in singing classes. We need to be spending some time um, uh, with our brothers and sisters uh, uh, singing in homes. We used to do that all the time. That was, a, that was a staple in our homes. We'd gather around in people's homes and we'd sing. And now more than ever, we're seeing even our government, California, I'm sorry about this, saying you can't sing in groups of 10 or more. That's, uh, uh, that's something that, that's very concerning to me uh, because if we don't sing together, quite honestly, uh, guys will lose it. We will lose it. And uh, so it doesn't mean I, I get better with it, but it is something I will get better with it. I think I really believe you can, because it's called practice. I mean, the, our preachers practice before they, uh, before they preach our teachers review and practice before they teach um, uh, a basketball player practices before he goes out and plays. We should be practicing and we should be singing um, constantly in my opinion, but uh, because it's a sacrifice, but uh, I could roll on that for a long, <laughs> for a long time, guys. Yeah, I was going to say we should probably uh, move on because I've heard you talk, Dad, and I know you can keep going. What? <laughs> um, I kind of want to move into the next portion of uh, what we're going to be talking about today. That is um, Ephesians chapter 5, um, uh, looking at verse 19, Ephesians five nineteen. It says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And, and we've talked about that, but th this second half of the verse is what I kind of want your input on. Um, it says singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Now, uh, I've, I've heard your, your seminar, by the way, I'm going to put a little plug in, um, 
um, my dad, Myron Bruce has a, a seminar that he does called singing with the spirit. If um, you want to make better, increase um, your understanding and your congregation's understanding in singing, um, give Myron Bruce a call. Uh, he does a really good job with his seminar. And, and this is the one of the things that he addresses. And so um, can you just kind of go through um, the lesson um, that, that, that you've given in talking about making melody to the Lord with your heart? What, what does that kind of mean? And I know you look back at the Greek. I'm just going to turn it over to you, to you and help us understand what this verse means. Certainly, you bet. Again, uh, when you look at Ephesians, like I mentioned before, this is still a letter from Paul written to the church in Ephesus. The, the context of Ephesians 5 is that we should be imitators of God. Uh, obviously, Colossians was putting on the new self. Well, that's exactly where, if, if we're imitators of God, we're putting on the new self. But he makes this statement, and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, scroll back just a little bit, uh, that I think is very important for helping us to understand that uh, in Ephesians. We can, we can read that scripture speaking to one of the Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and that actually picks up midway through Colossians 3.16, admonishing one another with Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and make a melody, singing with thank, thankfulness uh, in your hearts, with your hearts, to the Lord, uh, to God. So you can see how that almost parallels. But I want to take you back uh, to the first few verses on that, because Paul says to the church in Ephesus, be careful how you walk, the way that you live, not as unwise men, but as wise. Be careful about what you're doing. Make the most of your time, because the days are evil. And I think we see that uh, every day uh, in, in, our, in our culture. Uh, so then, he says in verse six, 17, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Know what God's will is, and we know that when we read his, his text. And he says then in verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for this is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. And I always thought, why in the world would Paul talk about getting drunk and then start speak, uh, singing? I think there's an exact correlation. He says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. What does it mean uh, to be drunk? you need to understand there's different stages of drunkenness. The, obviously, the worst stage uh, is comatose and death. Uh, but even before that, it's a drunken stupor. Uh, you've, you may have seen or know of people at, in the state of drunkenness where there's confusion and they don't know exactly what they're doing and they're stumbling around. Or lethargy, they're just exhausted and just kind of, mm -hmm. they're down. But the very first stage, the very first stage of drunkenness is what they call euphoria. And that's kind of the Otis Campbell from uh, Andy Griffith Show. You, know, you remember Otis, fun guy, kind of comical, he's kind of stumbling around a little bit. There's decreased anxiety. He's not, doesn't have any worries. His, his uh, self-confidence has increased and he can do anything, including driving, if you remember one of those episodes. Uh, there's an increased sociability. Uh, a lot more and more sociable. His mood is, and possibilities are improved. That is euphoria. And Paul is saying, don't get euphoria through alcohol. Don't get drunk and be filled and, and get that euphoria. Get your euphoria, be filled with the Spirit. That's where you get that decreased anxiety is through the Spirit. That's where you get that increased self-confidence through the Spirit. That's where you increase your sociability through the Spirit. Well, okay, that's good, all good and fine. <laughs> How do I do that? How do I get filled with the Spirit? 
speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing. Sing. You want to be filled with the Spirit? Have you ever been singing, guys? And you, I think you have. Where, where you're singing and you get goosebumps on your arms or up and down the back of your neck? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I can't help but wonder if maybe that's not being filled in a portion with the Spirit. And I'm, I'm understanding and I, I know what I'm doing. is like, this makes sense. Now, but that's how, uh, that's how I reach that point as opposed to something that is um, earthbound, if you will. So uh, I think that's an important thing to go, but I want to take you to the singing and making a melody, which is what you ask about. Singing to make a melody in your hearts, singing with thankfulness in your hearts. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15, which I've already told you about, and in James chapter 5, verse 13, when James says, is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. And in Romans chapter 15, verse 9, when he says, and he's actually quoting the psalmist, he says, therefore, I will give praise to you among the Gentiles, and I will sing to your name. Guys, all four of those scripture references, Corinthians, Ephesians, James, and Romans, when you read that word sing, the Greek there is solo. It's solo. Now, the problem becomes in the definition, what does solo mean? You you hear the sound. It sounds like psalms. It sounds like what we'll be singing, in essence. Some have defined it. Says, well, solo means to sing. That makes sense. I can handle that. That's what it's, that's what we translated for. Some will say, well, actually, it means to pluck, to to pluck like an instrument, like a stringed instrument. Well, um, okay. What what is the instrument that I should pluck? Well, keep reading. Solo with thanksgiving or solo and make melody with your heart or in your heart. Now, how do you do that? Because I, unless I have surgery, I can't even get to it. You can. Without opening your chest cavity, you can touch your heart. And here's how you do it. You've heard the phrase before, man, that really pulled on my heartstrings. That really touched my the, the that touched the strings of my heart. In other words, I'm I'm really seeing that uh, uh, there is more to this than just that's the emotional piece. If we miss that, we miss everything with our singing. That's how we pluck the strings of our heart. Besides, if it is a guitar, uh, then get rid of the drums because that's not strings. If it is a guitar or if it's a stringed instrument, get rid of your trumpets. You can't worship that way. But not only that, every one of you get a a guitar or a fiddle. Every one of you get it. And I can tell you right now, there's no way I can play an instrument, any instrument at all. It would not be anything of worthwhile. But I also think it's important to remember some of the reformers from long, long ago, they were adamantly against the instrument. As a matter of fact, um, Charles Spurgeon, he was a great Baptist preacher back in the the early uh, mid-1800s. He said, what a denigration of sup- uh, to supplement the intellect, intellect song of the whole congregation by the theatrical prettiness of a quartet. This is a Baptist. He said, the refined niceties of a choir or the blowing off of wind from inanimate bellows and pipes. We might as well pray by machinery as to praise by it. That came from a Baptist. And I can show you details from uh, from." Um, a Presbyterian, from Methodist, and those founders all 
believed acapella was the way to do it. So it's not just a Church of Christism. This is the way it was established, and this is the way people did it. And uh, then we have to ask, why did people change? Is because they stopped. They stopped making melody with their hearts. Mm-hmm. So to, to summarize, what we read here in Ephesians five nineteen is that yeah, we're instructed to play an instrument, but the instrument that we're playing is our heart. And uh, I, w- I would agree. And, and how do we, we play the instrument of our heart? How, how do we pluck our heartstrings? We do it by singing with understanding, right? Exactly. By, by being filled with the spirit. So, um, well, let, let me tell you something else that I think is very interesting. This is more of a scientific side of things. And I'm not a scientist by any stretch of the imagination, but I have visited with people who are within the heart, within the, the, uh, um, uh, the heart itself, uh, there are what they call Purkinje fibers. And these Purkinje fibers are thin fibers that open and close the valves of the heart. Uh, they allow the heart's conduction system to create a synchronized contraction of its ventricles and are therefore essential for maintaining a consistent heart rhythm. You see, if your Purkinje fibers are not uh, moving and they're not working like they're supposed to, those strings, then you will die. Your, your heart cannot physically continue to keep your body alive if the Purkinje fibers don't vibrate, if they don't open and close. I think that's an interesting scientific thing to, to pull together the strings of our hearts. That is really cool. I, I actually had one more thing to add. This is what I thought you were going to say. Um, but there's been um, studies that have been done. I can't remember which one I read this from. It was one of those, you know, like Ivy League schools that has done a study. Um, but they found that when people sing together um, as, yes. as in one body, that their heart rates and the rhythm of their hearts actually start to beat together and that's due to you know obviously taking breaths at the same time as you're singing you know in the breaks of the song but what that that causes is essentially one heartbeat throughout the entire group that's singing and that's just that's another really cool thing i mean um who knows if that's what god intended when he told us to all sing together Um, well i I think that's something that's really cool I think you make a good point. I think it's important for us to realize uh, we can see this being manifested in some of our songs. And I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not talking about some of the stuff that's just recently been written, but way back in the 1800s, Fanny J. Crosby wrote a song called Rescue the Perishing. Do you guys remember that one? Mm-hmm. I do not. <clears throat> Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Do you, does that not ring a bell for you, Chris? Not for me, but I, it, it sounds nice. Okay. <laughs> well, there's a verse in there that we don't re- usually sing, but Fanny J. Crosby wrote this in the 1800s. Down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter, feelings lie buried that grace can restore. Touched by a loving hand, wakened by kindness, chords that were broken will vibrate once more. You see, even back in the 1800s, the understanding of the heartstrings was being demonstrated in music or the song, there's within my heart a melody. You guys recognize that one? Mm-hmm. There's another verse in that that says, um, all my la- life was wrecked by sin and strife. Discord filled my heart with pain. Jesus swept across the broken strings and stirred the slumbering chords again. 
You see, that's a song that we sing, guys, but when we understand that it's talking about the strings of our heart, it's talking about plucking the strings, and that's how we that's how we make a melody in our hearts. The voice, that all comes, the voice is just for you and me. Mm-hmm. When we hear harmony, that's just for our edification. God is listening to the heart. That's what the that's what he's wanting to hear us sing with. Mm-hmm. Well, um, man, this has been a, a, a great conversation, Dad. Um, we really appreciate you coming on here. Um, uh, but before we close, does anybody have any closing comments? Um, anything that, that kind of stuck out to you? you know, the only thing that, uh, you know, I, I looked up as we were talking about uh, different church leaders in the past, and uh, I looked up, you know, some, some different quotes about instrumental music. And uh, mm-hmm. one by John Wesley was the, the founder of uh, the Methodist Church. I have no objection to instruments of music in our worship, provided they are neither seen nor heard. Or heard. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and I, I just found that pretty, uh, pretty comical. So. Exactly. There are so many really strong uh, from the Re- Reformation movement. And remember, the Reformation movement, this would be a great study for you guys to take to later. The Reformation movement was to reform the church which was Catholicism, back to what the Bible was. They were trying to reform it. Unfortunately, they didn't go far enough that way. But uh, you're exactly right, Chris. Those are quotes from some of those great reformers. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, you know, Myron, I know we could spend a lot more time on Ephesians 5.19, but I would encourage anyone, too, to just take your own time to study study this, um, st- do a word study on it. You know, uh, I won't go through all my notes. I've, I've taken some notes on this subject before, but you know, take a look at, uh, something, something, some people don't realize, um, they re they do realize it, but maybe they don't think about it is, uh, the, the, uh, you know, people, you'll hear people say what well, the Greek lexicon says, you can, it could be understood this, 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 well, uh, all the Greek lexicon means is just a fancy word for dictionary. And if you take our dictionary today, you know, you look up the word, um, uh, you know, wicked. Well, <laughs> the word wicked, you know, means evil, but what, it, how did it change? We've even, maybe in your own lifetime, Myron, you've seen how that word has changed. Yeah. And so words can change. And uh, Greek, you know, you have proto-Greek, you have ancient Greek, you have Koine Greek, you have mid- medieval Greek. Words change. And uh, I have a quote from one of the lexiconists. Uh, they even say, you know, those who rely on uh, plucking uh, like on a harp might be relying too much on the earliest meaning of that word. Um, because in the new Testament, my understanding is they understood that to be sing. And you see that in the other scriptures too, Romans 15, nine, et cetera. You know, the word is translated sing no uh, major translation work ever translates that passage play instrument. You know, they just, they don't do it because they know. Unless they want to accomplish an objective. Right. Unless they want to say, well, this is why we can do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to also remember the word acapella, uh, which we sing acapella. It comes from the Latin, mean in the manner of the chapel. In the manner of the chapel was without any instruments. Uh, and so when we sing acapella, we're singing without any instruments. And so we don't have any room to, uh, even historically, uh, to be able to make those accommodations. So. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Chris, do you want to uh, close us out with this discussion and uh, give our listeners, you know, um, some of the plugs and some of the, the things to tune into? I can do that. I can be the uh, 
I can be the plug. So, uh, Myron, just want to uh, thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing with us some of the wisdom that you've gained over the years with, with singing and with worshiping and uh, with praising God. We, we appreciate it so much. Well, Chris, thank you so much. I, I, uh, I, I love the fact that uh, with singing, we're able to do this all together, regardless of whether it's, it's uh, uh, pretty and nice or whether it's heartfelt, which actually that is the objective, heartfelt singing. Yes, sir. Well, for all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this. We have, uh, we've enjoyed this study and uh, look forward to, to pre- presenting you guys many more in the future. Again, this, this study actually came out of a question that we received from one of our listeners. So if you would like a question answered, please feel free to uh, send us a message. Let us know what, whatever, whatever it is that's on your heart, what's on your mind, and we will uh, do our best to answer it. And uh, just like this time, we may just pull somebody in who knows a, a little bit more than we do about it to, uh, to help uh, accomplish that goal. Uh, you can reach us at Bible Conversations on Facebook. Uh, that's, our, that's our name is Bible Conversations. Uh, you can also email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. Uh, we post these every Friday. So we've got one, one new episode every Friday. Uh, please share with your friends, share with your family members, share with your loved ones, share with your coworkers. Let, let the message get out. Let everybody know that God loves you. God loves you, and, and he wants you to become part of his fold. And, and we, we all love you, too. Uh, we Keep hope up the good you, work, guys. Yeah. Keep up the Thank good you, work. Man. Thank you very much. We, uh, we hope to, to see you guys and hear from you all soon. Uh, have a blessed day.